to It's Astrological. I'm your host, Lynette, founder of Cosmic Moves Astrology, and I'm so grateful to be here with you today. Our time here in this cozy, cosmically chic corner of the internet is about taking a fresh look at self-care through the magic of astrology. This week's guest is Kelly Carlson of One Bad Habit. Kelly is a certified habits and empowerment coach and the host of One Bad Habit podcast. What I love about Kelly is that she sees habits as our superpower, and she's here to show each and every one of us how we can be intentional and allow our habits to empower us instead of making us feel like we're doing something wrong or not well enough or any of those other things that habits sometimes make us feel. Kelly and I recorded this episode a couple of months ago now, and we actually recorded back to back, and I was a guest on her podcast. So my appearance on her podcast will actually be coming out during her second season on November 9th. You'll hear us talking about if you listen to the podcast before this, if you listen to the episode before this, but it actually hasn't come out yet. So just be ready to listen to it when it comes out on November 9th. We had such a great time during both interviews. And that one was more focused on astrology. And this one, we obviously talked about astrology as well, but it was more focused on habits. So hopefully you'll listen to them both and enjoy both of them. Kelly is so genuine and open. We dove deep from the very beginning of our conversation and she shared about the experience of losing her mom at a young age, the abusive relationship that actually led her to discovering just how powerful daily actions can be, and her very strong connection to her intuition and spirit, which definitely shows up in her chart. Of course, we talked astrology. This is, it's astrological after all. We explored where habits show up in your chart and how to connect with Saturn to make sure that you're not shooting yourself, saying I should do this or I should do that. So this episode is really for you if you've ever felt pressure to have the perfect morning routine or break a bad habit and who hasn't felt that pressure. Kelly's approach is full of kindness and grace for ourselves as we really figure out why exactly we repeat the daily actions we do or look to change those daily actions. So with that, here's my conversation with Kelly. Enjoy. Hi, Kelly. Thank you for joining me on It's Astrological. Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored, honestly. (laughs) And we just recorded an episode for your podcast, One Bad Habit. So I'm excited to just actually kind of continue from where we left off. We talked a lot about astrology on yours, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about habits here. First things first, where in the world are you and what's your cultural background? Ooh, um, I am in Santa Barbara, California, oh, currently. The dream. I know. I, Say hi to Oprah for me. <laughs> I will. I will. I love it here. And I originally am from more LA area. So Glendora, California is just this very, very small town. Um, like everyone knows everyone. And I would say I moved to a similar situation. Santa Barbara is so small, but it's just a lot prettier <laughs> than where I'm from. And then sense of like culturally. So I am Japanese, Italian, and Swedish. And my Italian and Japanese side, I feel like was really more prominent growing up. So like my my birth mom, she passed when I was really young, but she was full Japanese 
And so I'd go over there a lot. And like, that was really a part of me growing up. And my dad is the Italian and Swedish one. And so then also for holidays, I would go and see like my dad's Italian family. And my grandma was like very typical Italian grandmother and was always making like her own sauce and meatballs and all this stuff. I wouldn't say it was very good. Like my grandpa joked and said she could burn water, like cooking <laughs> but she really tried. So she would I wouldn't cook. say it was very good. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you might imagine this like really delicious, robust meal, but I don't know. But I liked it. It was from, it was from her heart, you know? So that's all that matters. But yeah, I feel like both like my dad's side, like my dad is self-made. He didn't really come from a lot, I would mm-hmm. say. Like they lived in a pretty like rundown neighborhood and my dad started his own business. And so it was like really my dad and I, so he's like full on entrepreneur and like doing really well for himself. And like he only went to college to like do classes to learn how to be better at the job that he got because he works he was working in engineering. And so he then from going to school for a while, like not even getting his degree, he started his own engineering company. And then with my mom, I feel like it's like, honestly, like on kind of typical, like Asian stereotype, like all of them went to USC and like my uncle is a pharmacist and like everyone did really well for themselves. And my mom she was on that same vein. She was a teacher, my birth mom. And so she just really loved like helping kids. Like she would stay late with them if they were struggling. And she was just like really passionate about that career path. And then my my dad got remarried. He married another teacher. And so my dad just loves teachers. <laughs> Who Maybe he like, has something like Jupiter in the seventh house or something. <laughs> maybe, honestly, because I'm like, he just loves like really deep nurturers who are a bit fiery like both of my moms were like very feisty women and so a good time yeah that's kind of a bit of my my background and yeah in sense of like passionate feisty I would say both sides of my family are just like very vocal people and it's funny because my dad is not a super vocal person Mm -hmm. but he's really drawn to very vocal people (laughs) And I would say I'm kind of similar because he is also a Gemini and I'm a Gemini, but I don't know what his like sun and rising is or his chart or anything. So what from that cultural background do you embody? Do you carry with you? I really resonate with my Japanese side. Mm -hmm. I think it's because it's the side I know the least about, honestly. And it's been something... I think throughout the past couple of years, I've been trying to embody more or learn more about. And yeah, because I think it's just a part of myself that was like, maybe, I don't know if it was like rejected, but I just felt like I wasn't really allowed to learn about it. Because after my mom passed, like my dad took all of her stuff and gave it to my grandma. And so I didn't even have a picture of my birth mom until I graduated from college. Wow. Yeah, and so, like, my grandma on my Italian side, um, her name was Virginia. She sent me some pictures because she had all the stuff. And so, since graduating from college, people have been starting to give me things. So, I now have, like, a collection of things, of like, my mom's pearl necklace or, like, pictures of family. And 
have been starting to get to know that side, but it's like been an emotional journey, I think with that. And even my, my grandma, Virginia, she passed away last fall. And so she was trying to give me like a lot of those things. I feel she was always, she's very vibrant. She's always doing things, but I felt like she kind of knew her time was coming. Mm -hmm. So she was like really calling me a lot to like pass things down or every time I went to her house, give me things. Um, I don't remember your original question. Oh, I resonate with my, but yeah, I really resonate <laughs> with that because I'm really trying to learn more about it. And I feel like sometimes I f- like growing up because my dad, you know, is like European and my mom that um, now um, is also like, they're both white and like mm-hmm. have different cultural backgrounds and within like what that means. But I just didn't have the space growing up to truly explore that. That's so interesting based on what we just talked about and you moving into a fourth house year because this is the energy that's, since you know about it, it it gives you the opportunity to really open up to that. And my guess is more information will start coming to you. Again, the fourth house, for anyone who didn't just listen to the podcast that we recorded right before this one, is all about your roots and your ancestry and the things that you inherit the moment you're born into the world. So you had, you just talked about kind of how you felt like that was kind of brewing in mm-hmm. the last year, but your birthday was just about a month ago. And so this is really a golden time for you to grab onto that and really do it. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, I, yeah, I agree. And I have a fun, like a big wedding coming up this year on my Japanese side. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone in one place and it's a destination wedding. And I'm just Amazing. really excited to, I still need to like buy the tickets and all of that. Speaking of that, but I, I'm just really <laughs> excited to be in that environment because I didn't really get to see a lot of them when the pandemic hit. I'm just like really get to know like my family and my culture and like a very concentrated space for like three days. I'm excited. That's perfect. It's I know. Time. It's like just lined up just right. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a bit of a similar background and that I never knew my biological father, mm-hmm. but he also comes from a different culture and I didn't know anyone from that side of the family or anything until I was, how old was I? 20, whatever, in my 20s. <laughs> and at the time I was traveling a lot to Mexico for work and my grandfather found me on Facebook and he just kept sending me these messages in all caps being like, I'm your grandfather, call me. <laughs> and like the situation was kind of complicated and I'm a I'm a slow cooker, not an instant pot. So like, it takes me a long time to like process and take action and make decisions. And then finally, he just sent me one. He was like, if you don't want to talk to me, this is the last message I'm ever going to send you. And I was like, oh, I should probably do something about this. But then I went and I had like, it's a Mexican family. I had like a billion people there. And it's just this whole side of you that, like you said, when you, when it hasn't been a part of your life for however many years, I don't remember what you said whatever word you used, but you just, you don't know and you're curious and it's just a, it's a piece of you that is nice to be able to like put that puzzle piece in and be like, okay, this is another part of where I come from and who I am and more people that love me and all of that. So I'm very, very happy for you. That is like also, that's a crazy story of reconnecting that way. It's wild. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. But yeah, there's something about 
I don't know, something about your roots or I feel like it helps make more sense of like, where do I come from? Or like, who am I? And yeah, there's this like more depth or I don't really know. I feel like there is, I feel like I hear that question a lot of like, it's, there's something about knowing where you come from and what mm-hmm. that really means. Or maybe it is like that community or that people, I don't know, but it, it's, it's very um, like nurturing to learn about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for most people, they're born into that and it just is their life. And then mm-hmm. there's people like us who have very fulfilling and lives full of love and, you know, all of that stuff. But there's always like something in the back of your mind where you're like, I would like to know more about this or I have questions about that. It's just something that often like I don't know about you I don't want to put words in your mouth but like you just feel like you want to explore and you want to connect to in some way so I'm extra excited for your three-day family extravaganza (laughs) oh yeah me too I'm like it'll be a good time well and if it's not at least I'll be in a resort (laughs) yeah (laughs) always looking on the bright side (laughs) wow This is the second time we have just gone like really deep right at the beginning. So I'm going to pull us back a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) So Kelly, you're a habit expert and soon to be habit and life coach. Where did your passion for these modalities come from? Well, I feel like every time I tell this story, it's different, which is so funny. But it really, I think speaking of if you guys didn't listen to the episode before this, (laughs) but when you were talking about a metaphor of like life gives you a pebble, then it's a rock, then it's a boulder. I would say I had a big boulder, like rock bottom moment for me. And I, I know that rock bottom is different for everyone, but I graduated from college and I would say college was kind of a tumultuous time. Like I was trying to figure out who I am and just trying everything in the sense of decision-making. And most of those decisions weren't beneficial, but I definitely learned some stuff from it. So it was worth it in the end. But it kind of led me to be in a relationship that started off good, but it was one of those things where it burned hot and fast. And I didn't listen to my intuition about that person I was with. And like he struggled from mental health problems, which was like kind of told to me in the beginning, but like everyone kind of has mental health stuff. So I just didn't really know the depth at which he struggled with it. And that ended up becoming like a pretty emotionally abusive and manipulative and controlling relationship where, yeah, just like really tore down, I would say like my self-worth and made me ask myself a lot of questions. And I think I self-betrayed a lot and compromised like what I wanted out of my life or for myself a lot, but I really feel like I was even doing that before I got into that relationship. And I had this idea that like once I get a job or I just figure it out and I had like some hard stuff happen in college that was difficult for me. So I felt like I was just trying to forget about it, you know? And like, there's a lot of some losses of friendships and stuff. And I just wanted to move forward and like get a job and find a boyfriend and like life would be fixed and just do whatever it takes to move on with my life and make money somehow so I can stay in Santa Barbara. And when my relationship kind of hit the fan and it, 
I just felt like I was left with like, I don't know who I am or like, how did I get here? Like, why am I so sad? And am I just so sad now? Or I'm just being forced to recognize the fact that I haven't really had or made decisions that are aligned with what I want my life to be and who I want to be. And I just hadn't been asking myself those questions and understanding how to support myself and not let people take advantage of me. Yeah. And I just remember in that moment, it was just truly my rock bottom of trying to kind of build myself from the ground up. And I really didn't start like the habit stuff or it really started with my Instagram account that I still have now one bad habit at a time until a year after that relationship ended. Cause there was just like a lot of mourning and I just, yeah, I was just grieving for a while. And I think trying to decipher of whether it was my fault that like he was so mean and would just get like this typical stuff that you hear about. Like someone who's like, why are you hanging out with your friends? Like, you know, you should be hanging out with me. Or why are you at the gym for so long? Like, why aren't you home sooner? Or I remember like the big reason why the big finale for our breakup was it was my best friend's birthday. And from Santa Barbara, I drove to LA and he was like, well, where are you staying? And I was like, oh, I'll probably sleep at my parents' house. But I didn't end up sleeping there. And for background, my friend Kiara lives like about five minutes from my house. So I ended up sleeping there instead because we did this. You pay tickets and it's like this guided Hollywood bar crawl, which was really fun. But he was so angry at me. And when I got back, he didn't speak to me for three days. And I was like, at this point, I was kind of fed up. I was done. Like, I am tired of you making me feel bad for doing things that I just don't believe are that wrong or need to be like a total meltdown situation. Like, I'm exhausted from trying to keep up with these mood swings. Like, it just doesn't make me feel good. But so I would not break the three-day silence because I was like, you're a child throwing a tantrum. And then finally, he texted me when I was at work to go to lunch and I remember we're at lunch he was like you told me you were gonna sleep at your parents house and you slept at Kiara's house and I just looked at him I was like why does that matter he was like you just should have told me when the plan changed I was like it's fine that I didn't tell you I was like I literally I was five minutes up the road from them and Like, I am in control of my own destiny. Like, it's fine. And I remember he looked me dead in the face. And he was like, oh, you're just an independent woman who can do what you want. And I said, yes, I am. And this fight is absolutely ridiculous. And he just, I don't know. It was just a whole thing. And then, yeah, then I started one bad habit at a time. This was like got really long-winded. But I just remember being pissed. And then I was really sad. And then finally... At some point, like in 2019, I just was like, I'm starting this Instagram account. I'm going to figure out how to take my power back. And I'm going to, like, I'd gain a lot of weight with him. I struggle with my relationship with food. Like, I'm an emotional eater. So I was like, okay, Kelly, like, don't let this man control, like, how you treat your body and, like, your wellness. How can you figure out how to empower yourself and create this new you? 
And so I just started with each week picking like really one small thing that I could do because I was like, I can't do anything for eternity, but like I can try something for a week and see if I like it. And so each week I would pick like a new challenge for myself. And that was what one bad habit at a time was, was weekly challenges that I would just post in there to hold myself accountable. And I wouldn't let anyone follow me. Like I didn't want anyone to know except for like my one close friend or maybe two close friends. And that was it. I was like, strangers are fine, but I do not want anyone to see this journey until I feel like I'm at a good place with myself. Then I will feel a little bit more secure in letting people in because it was very emotional for me to rewire all of, I would say like the trauma from that relationship and even just the experiences with men and how I compromised myself like throughout college of trying to figure out who I was as I guess almost like a romantic sexual person. So it was, it was a journey. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it, (laughs) but it sounds like the end result was obviously a good thing. Talk to me a little bit more about what happened afterward, right? So you went from improving your life one week at a time with just one habit to now you're taking a full-blown course to help other people with that. It sounds like your passion came from it based on your previous experience and the outcome of your own positive experience with habits. But what has happened in between? So like the in-between... I just, at the end of that, I would say at the end of 2019, it changed my life, honestly. I I had a different way of how I treated myself, and I'd never been a very structured person, and I started to realize that habits aren't really like, I am saying an affirmation every day, or like, I have this really beautiful aesthetic, like, morning routine. It was really just how each week in small ways can I choose myself and how I can honor myself and it doesn't really matter what that is it was just like making it a regular thing to keep what's in mind for me that would be honoring and would uplift like my self-worth in a way and that just really it changed my perspective like on myself of how I live my life and make decisions just from like choosing a small thing each week. And it changed my perspective on my body even. Just I feel like adding more grace into your life or just breathing intention into really small daily activities that I already do. That's something that like I've been really doing now as well of just like I'm brushing my teeth, really thinking like, how do I want to feel today? And small things like that, I feel like, are what start to trickle into the rest of our habits or, like, how we live our lives is because our habits, they say, are who you are. Our behavior and our actions are a reflection of how we see ourselves, do ourselves in one way or another. Um, And I think also a reflection of boundaries of what we allow people to take and what we want to give and, like, that energy exchange. And so... I don't know. It really empowered me at the end of the day. It's really why I wanted to do life coaching because it's usually something more than that, especially like throughout my program of right now, I have to put in a lot of practice coaching hours. And so 
seeing all the the deeper meanings to what that morning routine is or what sending an email notification is or different things it's always deeper than the surface level structure i feel like we're craving and yeah and i think also like starting my podcast was a really big point for me to understand that like i have a voice and that I can go to school and this can be my life because I feel like in my life I've had a lot of I can't sort of been nervous about moving into the creative space. So it's been, yeah, the past couple years have been just a great time for me to see that what I have to say or what I want to hear from people matters or like how I want to help people. I don't know that there is room for it. Mm -hmm. You said so much. I don't know what which direction to move into because it was all so powerful. I guess from the very beginning, what were some of those small habits that you did for one week at a time when you first started? Oh my gosh. Well, my very first one was eating almonds in the morning. Oh, <laughs> because so wholesome. Literally, my it's not on Instagram anymore. It's archived, but it still is. It was like a, literally a picture of almonds because I was learning about like food and the body and, you know, your. I can't even think of it, your glucose levels and all of that. And so I thought, huh, like maybe I'll feel like if I had like a like a more like high fat thing that it would make me feel like more full or maybe have more energy because I just was feeling lethargic. So it was really nuts. But it was like, I think the intention of trying to see what would make me feel good mm-hmm. and that or just feel better because I had some digestive stuff. So I think like the intention behind it was really powerful for me. And then I also, I did an exercise called Rewrite Your Narrative, where I think I learned it from the Primal Potential podcast. Elizabeth Benton was really big for me at that time because she was all about like the power of now and like excellence is the next five minutes. I was like, oh my God, really? Like it was really (laughs) helpful for me. But so what I would do is I think for a week, I would write down a lot of all my self-doubting thoughts that I would have throughout the day about anything. And then I would write a sentence to counter that or like honor the fact that it's something that I'm working on. So I really wanted it to be realistic. Like I believe what I'm saying, but also encouraging to have like that constant rewire on some of the negative thoughts that would pop up. And I think also I do that with like my body. I had some body image stuff because I gained weight and I I didn't feel comfortable because I'd never weighed that much before. And so like for a while, my Instagram hashtag for one bad habit at a time was hashtag love all your lumps because I was like, you know, this is my body and it's carrying me through and I'm working hard to figure out how to take care of myself and what that means to me. And that has really helped me transition my view on my body a lot. And I still will like use that to this day of how can I lend myself some grace, lend myself some love and really make that an integration or a habit. And I feel like every habit I chose each of those week, whether it was like almonds or that rewrite your narrative exercise Or even I remember I tried keto and like failed at it because I didn't understand what keto was. It was all with the intention of like, how can I lend myself some love or like what would be like nourishing and honoring to me and experimenting. And if it doesn't work like the keto thing, like 
it's okay. The whole thing is just figuring out what works for you. And that was also, I think, like a big thing that I would reiterate to myself. It's like, I'm figuring out what works for me. And that's what matters. Like, do I feel like I want to take this into my life? And does that make sense? I want to see the almond picture. (laughs) Yes, I'll send it to you. (laughs) But I think it's like, I know you're thinking about starting an email list. I feel like it's a good, like it should be your first picture in your first newsletter. It's like a a totem, like the almonds. It's like the beginning of everything. It all starts with an almond. Yes. (laughs) I really like the concept of something bigger being behind a habit because I think the word habits has like a lot of pressure behind it and a lot of um, things that we should do. Like it's, it has a lot of negative associations, right? It's either, Mm -hmm. oh, I have to stop a bad habit or my Mm -hmm. habits should be better or I want to start a good habit because I'm not already doing it. So when you tie it to something that's bigger than that, you're actually talking to yourself in a way. Like you're like, oh, I'm doing this bad thing. So that means this about me or like I should be doing this good thing. So that means this about me. Why do you think we have this kind of negative perception around the word habits and how can we reframe that? Yes. Oh, that's such a good question. I really think the negative connotations (laughs) for me always feels like society Like when I'm like in my room or cut off from the world in any regard, some of those shoulds go away because we're not seeing or like idolizing all of these, I would say like perfect routines or perfect lifestyles. And so there's just so much pressure to, to be that because sometimes I'll try it and I'll be like, I actually hate that. That does not work with my lifestyle or how I wake up in the morning or my nighttime routine is that Honestly, it's like if you find it interesting or maybe something you want to do, like maybe give into the pressure and try it. And then the rewire is if you don't like it or it does not feel healing, it doesn't feel good, you don't feel like it's a win after you do it, then you know, okay, maybe that was just because, you know, Haley Bieber was doing it and she looked so elegant as she was, you know doing that whole routine then that she described in her InStyle magazine interview and understanding that all of us have habits and routines. They say like conservative 50% of our actions are habits and routines. And a lot of that is subconscious. It's like things we literally just do. And I would say probably percentages is a lot higher than that. And so we all have things that we do. And most of those I feel like are self-honoring with showering or doing what we need to do to take care of ourselves to an extent. And so it's like you're doing most of the things right, but there's probably just a couple that there are some friction, which to me, like friction means you have evolved as a person, you're entering a new stage of life. And so almost taking that friction and channeling it as a way to ask yourself questions Like, why am I feeling that friction or like what's different in my environment or my life or my headspace? That's a great way to tune in and an indicator to see, okay, well, what do I need? Why is that feeling hard? And what I really like to do is break down literally the three smallest steps I could take to move towards that direction. Like, 
and then starting with one. And I like doing the weekly thing because I'm like 30 days, that feels like a really long time or like six months. So and just seeing like, okay, like I did that. I think there's something about, I know we were kind of talking before how like, if the sun's out, like I'm walking and oh my gosh, like I've walked now, like almost every morning, there's something about doing something that feels good. And when you win and you do it, it just creates so much momentum and positive energy that just keeps us going. And also reframing as like a more exploratory mindset of, what do I like? I think there's something empowering by asking yourself or instead of saying, oh, I hate that habit. It's like, but what do you like? What makes you feel good? What's fun for you? I think that consistency is making our have to do's our want to do's. So it's like, what do you want to do? I think there's also that added pressure of what you were talking about with Instagram perfect morning routine and all of that stuff. And we talked about this on your podcast that in today's world, we oftentimes have this like imaginary person hanging out with us, right? <laughs> we're like everything we do. We're like, oh, what would this person want to see on Instagram? Or like, what would this person think is cool if I posted a picture of it? I personally like being alone. I don't want that person <laughs> hanging out with me. But I think this approach of trying one thing for seven days or three days or, you know, whatever works for you allows you to kind of like take a taste of those things and then bring it back to the present to be like, okay, Haley Bieber, she makes a 17 ingredient smoothie every three hours. I'm going to try that for three days and see if it works for me. But then fine, you're called to it. You think it's cool. You like the aesthetic, you post it on Instagram, whatever. And then after whatever period of time, you're like, now I'm going to get away from that imaginary person that's hanging out with me and say, do I like this? Is this something I want to keep doing? Is it sustainable? So I think your approach is really special because it allows you to still try whether it's the thing on Instagram or insert other thing here because we all learn about things in different ways. But <laughs> you can still try things. You're not married to them for a month, like you said. And then it gives you the space to turn inward and actually decide, is this something I actually like? Or is this just something I wanted to post on Instagram and I did it and like, great. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in the noise of the shoulds. And so it's just really trying to break through what actually is noise and what's actually you. Like you're saying of trying things and figuring what time frame works for you to see what that line is or be able to tune into what's you more, understand what's you more than the noise. I think something that's interesting kind of diving into the astrological side of all of this is that Saturn represents our shoulds. It represents the imaginary person over shoulder that says you should be doing this, you should be doing that. It's our responsibility, our maturity, all of those things. But in a way, it's also structure. So it can represent our routines and our habits. Usually in astrology, habits are associated with the sixth house or Virgo. That's where our daily routines live. It's our daily work. It's how we function. I also like the fact that Mercury is related with that because it rules small animals and like pets because they dictate our daily schedule, right? <laughs> you have to like walk the dog every day or feed the cat or whatever. But Saturn plays into that kind of in both ways because you have the kind of pressure of feeling like you should be 
doing XYZ thing. But then Saturn also supports you in actually building the scaffolding, building the foundation for whatever you want to be. So if we're looking at it through an astrological lens, making friends with Saturn is probably a really good idea because number one, it gives you the awareness of when you're feeling like you should be doing something to be able to have that conversation with yourself or Saturn to be like, do I feel like this because I feel like this or do I feel like this because the internet or Haley Bieber is telling me to feel like this? And then to be like, okay, great. I feel like this because it's something that I actually want to do. So I'm going to take Kelly's tip and try it out for a week and have some structure around it and then see if I want to keep doing it. Yes. I didn't realize that Saturn ruled habits and routines. Also small animals. Not not that, not, um, what's it, which one? Uh, Mer- Mercury rules Virgo. So I kind of smushed a few things together there. Habits and routine are definitely the sixth house. The okay. sixth house is associated with Virgo and uh-huh. Mercury rules Virgo. Saturn mm-hmm. is separate, <laughs> but it rules our shoulds and it rules the structures and the foundations in our life. So kind of two different angles there that we can approach habits through astrology. So whatever placements are like in Saturn can help you see how you approach habits and routines. I would look to your sixth house to see what you have. So you, for example, don't have any planets in the sixth house. When I knew I was going to be talking to you, the first thing I did was look at your sixth house (laughs) because I was like, oh, the house of habits. That's probably an important place to look. Just because you don't have any planets in a house does not mean anything because the planets in the sky don't stop moving. So Mm -hmm. they're going to travel through your sixth house. We all have all of the houses in our chart. Therefore, we have all of them in our life. So you have nothing in your sixth house. And then the next place we would look because Virgo is usually is traditionally associated with the sixth house would be what planets do you have in Virgo? And Mm -hmm. here you have... Mars, the planet of action, and Chiron, the planet of, it's the wounded healer. It's the planet of healing, the planet of your wounds, and the planet of mastery and teaching others. So I think that aligns pretty nicely with you and even with the story that you told at the beginning of this, right? Where Chiron ultimately is like, okay, this is where I have my deepest wounds, my deepest traumas, the things that have impacted me the most. How am I going to actually turn my own healing into something that can help others? And exactly what we're talking about right now is the perfect example of somebody using a Chiron in Virgo to do that. And then Mars being the planet of action in Virgo means that you're probably able to have a more practical approach to taking action if we're talking about Virgo. Virgo is also the sign of service. So with both of these planets in that sign, it just gives you a propensity to be able to help others and serve others. And I think that's exactly what you're doing. That is so fascinating. Like that is, I, I that's just so on point. <laughs> Literally, You're like telling that story and now here's your Chiron. And that is one of the things about astrology. Like every time I look at someone's chart, Without fail, I'm like, oh my God, astrology works. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) Even though I do it all the time, like it never ceases to amaze me. So (laughs) the other thing that I was talking about, so we talked about Virgo, we talked about the sixth house. That's usually where you would start to look when we're talking about habits and routine. But we also talked a little bit about Saturn and the shoulds. And your Saturn 
is over here and it's in the 11th house of hopes and dreams and friendships and acquaintances and it's in Pisces and I took a note when we were talking earlier because it reminded me of something I wanted to talk about. Oh, everyone, I have everyone fill out a form before they come on the podcast. And I took out this very specific quote from Kelly because it was like, is this Saturn in the 11th house in Pisces? <laughs> she said, I've always been a big dreamer my whole life. So I've had some weird experiences where I feel like God or the universe or something was trying to communicate with me. When we're talking about something bigger than ourselves, mysticism, all of those things, we would usually look to Neptune and Neptune rules Pisces. So I was curious, now that we're here talking about it, tell me more about these experiences or why you've kind of felt that way. Ooh, so my first, I would say like my first dream that I had that I remember where it felt like pretty spiritual. So it's like after my birth mom passed away, I had this dream that I was like in my childhood home. Well, I was living there. So that makes sense. So I was in my house. <laughs> um, I was in my house and I woke up and like how it was set up was like my room was on the other side of the living room. So to walk to the kitchen, you had to like walk across the living room into the kitchen and so I woke up and I saw that there was a light on in the kitchen and I walked down to the kitchen and my mom was in there and she was cooking. She was, had the cutting board and she was just cutting vegetables, I don't know, something. And there was this bright light above her. And so how my mom passed it was pretty sudden. She had an aneurysm and then my dad picked me up from school and like he told me what happened and so there was like not really like goodbyes or anything like that it was just a pretty like we're grieving now and like have to make sense of this and so my mom was there and she was like looking at me and she was like I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to you and um I was like able to I don't know what it was but basically saying like I wanted to come down to like say goodbye and like have this last moment and I was looking at her and I was like, I don't want you to go. Like, this is so cool. You're visiting me. Will you come back and be able to visit me more often? And she was like, no, like, this is the last time, like, I'll be able to visit you like this. Um, and she, like, gave me a big hug. And then she, like, went up into the light and I woke up. And it was just so crazy. And I've known, like, there's been this deep knowing that that was real like I if everyone's like oh I don't know like you're just sad I'm like no this was like the most unreal dream I've ever had and I have never dreamt about her and seen her ever again and I've been a really vivid dreamer ever since then and sometimes I've blocked it out because I went through this season of life where I had a lot of dreams that scared me <laughs> so it yeah, because one time I had a dream that – and I woke up and I saw, like, a man standing at the end of my bed, and it scared me so much. And that's why I have an Alexa plug now, so I can yell at Alexa to turn on the light because oh. I was too scared to get out of my bed to turn the light on. And I just kept staring at him, like, feeling like I was crazy. And I was like, no, like, I'm just half asleep. And then I finally turned the light on and it, everything was fine. And I've had a lot of dreams about like monks and seeing people's past lives mm. and like really weird, really weird stuff. 
But after all that stuff, I just kept having really scary dreams, and especially after the man mm-hmm. that I kind of shut myself off to it. But I've been trying to open myself back up and like see a way to do that where I don't get so scared. But I just, I think, yes, there's something spiritual there and I don't know what it is, but. I mean, to me, I fully believe that your experience with your mom was just what it needed to be, right? And I'm sure at that time, there's some, if we looked at that date in your chart, it would show up. But I think in terms of your connection to spirituality, that's separate in a way because your mom is always going to have a different relationship to you and different ways in which she presents herself to you. But your North Node is this like little headphone looking thing. And that's the direction that we're meant to grow into over the course of this lifetime. So again, you're just starting out. So you don't have to like always be striving for this constantly. But your North Node is in Scorpio. And Scorpio is the sign of a lot of the things that you're talking about, right? Like the deep connection to spirit and the occult and like the dream world and your subconscious and things like that. So your South Node is in Taurus and it's your comfort zone. So I think a lot of times, you know, it's the gifts that we're bringing into this Mm -hmm. lifetime. A lot of times people think North Node good, South Node bad, but we have to balance them out. We're not always in the mood to strive and try something new and stretch ourselves and all of that stuff. So you do have the propensity for this deep connection to spirit with your North Node being there. And it has some pretty interesting aspects to other planets, which probably heightens your sensitivity and even your knowing that that's something that's kind of like under the surface. But I think for you knowing that you have the the ability and the invitation to strive toward that, but anytime you are feeling like it's too much or you do need to be comfortable to lean into that Taurus aspect of yourself, which I'm guessing you're somewhat familiar with because your rising is in Taurus, but like any way you can ground yourself, like having crystals next to your bed so that you can hold on to those and bring yourself back to the present and to earth, especially a protective one, like maybe like angelite or celestite or anything like that might be helpful as well. That is so interesting. You said celestite because Mm -hmm. I went to a crystal shop I think it was last year and I was like I love this and it was celestite and I've never had that and I was like oh now that you I'm like oh wow that makes a lot of sense so I was like this one yeah <laughs> this is the one that I need right now <laughs> you have to use your intuition with crystals too that's super yeah. important wow we are going all over the place <laughs> no I love it it's so fun Kelly, since it's astrological, do you know your sun, moon, and rising signs? And do they resonate with you? Ooh, yes, I do. So I'm a Gemini sun, a Taurus rising, and a Cancer moon. I would say, like, honestly, they all resonate. I think that I, I go between feeling more Taurus or, like, more Gemini in different seasons of my life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like my moon is always there through me going back and forth between those. Just because I, yeah, I just, like, I cr- I'm a big movie crier. I feel things very deeply. And I don't know if, like, is I think a Cancer is, like a, like, a very, like, nurturing sign. Very, yeah. Yeah. And so I really feel that and like how I do things or like try to take care of myself emotionally like especially like I am someone who could totally get lost in my room like creating drawing writing and I feel like my cancer moon comes up a lot in that especially I'm an only child so like growing up I just had a lot of time to Mm -hmm. 
be in my inner world. And your Cancer Moon. If anyone hasn't listened to her other podcast yet, <laughs> we talked about this is right on your IC, which is the cusp of the fourth house. So it is literally the like tenderest, most like closed in part of your chart. So you do have that extra special connection to the part of that chart that you're entering into for this birthday year as well. So very strong connection to your feelings, to nurturing yourself, to mother energy. So I wouldn't be surprised if you, you know, have her around you in whatever way she shows up because like not only are you entering into a year focused on the fourth house, but like because that is so close to that point in your chart, that's almost like a, a boost to the importance of that placement for you. Oh, that's so interesting. Even when you said like mother energy, I like have been feeling this calling lately to get a pet or something to take care of. I like just followed all these like rescue Instagrams for Cocker Spaniels and Frenchies and because I, I had a Cocker Spaniel growing up. So that's just like... I love that. Um, now, the only thing I'll tell you is that your moon is right across from your Neptune. So highly sensitive, highly spiritual. Often, sometimes you might feel like pulled in two different directions between that like spirituality, kind of like ethereal, lost in the sauce feeling and your actual feelings. Like the lines might be blurred a little bit, but Neptune can also be rose colored glasses. So, like just make sure if you are going into the pet uh, arena that you are like taking your time and like doing all of your research and not just, you know, going into it with rose colored glasses. <laughs> yes. No, 100%. I feel like I've been like, I don't know if it's time for that yet, but I'm like, I do want it. I just talked to my, one of my roommates. I was like, I may want a pet one day, but I like need to figure out if I can actually do that and take care of Yes, that is important. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure you can. You totally can. It's just a matter of making sure that you have all the information. That's all. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just looking. You still don't have anything transiting your sixth house right now, but Mercury will be moving in there in the next couple of months. And that could be an interesting time to start exploring the pet because Mercury rules pets. So, I'm into that. What does it mean when, I know you said like everyone or everyone has all the houses. Mm -hmm. Does it have any significance, I guess, like when you're born, if you don't have anything in that house? Because I don't think I have anything in my eighth house either. I don't know if that's correct. You have Jupiter in your eighth house. So your sixth house and your 12th house and your fourth house are empty. Again, the houses are pretty controversial in astrology like there's something like 200 different ways to split up an astrology chart so um we were talking about the apps before and like your chart may look different depending on which app you're using and which house system they're using and none of it is wrong you just have to move forward with the one that resonates most with you I resonate most with whole sign houses but if like I'm doing a reading for you and you're like that makes zero sense I might change the house system and be like, oh, this is the house system for you. Like, that makes more sense. So the planets are never going to change in terms of their relation to each other. They just might show up in different areas of your life, which is what the houses are. Mm -hmm. But having an empty house, it just means that that is not an area of focus for you, I guess, as you're starting your life. But it's 
also an area of your life that you have the opportunity to learn about as the planets transit through. So you're born with these innate energies of your moon in the third house or Neptune in the ninth house or whatever that is. So that's Mm -hmm. something that your DNA already has. Whereas when you have like an empty house, again, it can change depending on which house system you're using, but it's just maybe neutral ground or something that you're going to come into contact later as different planets move through. Mm, That's so fascinating. Yeah. It's like that may just come up. That's like a later thing in life. Mm -hmm, It can be. Yeah, for sure. And then it's also like when you're comparing charts of two people, right? Does that person have energy in that house for you? Is that one of the ways that you're learning about it? So there's a lot of different ways that you can look at empty houses, but they're not bad. You're not like missing anything. I think that's people's initial like panic, right? <laughs> it's like, especially if like all of their planets are clustered into a really small part of their chart. I think there's like a concern, but our charts are, we chose them, I believe before we came on to this earth, we chose them for a reason. And so I think everything is exactly where it needs to be. Okay. That makes me feel good. Cause I'm like, I never know with the houses or like some people have, like you're saying like a lot in one house or even the signs. Like I feel like it's just a lot of signs. Well, some people are like, I have a lot of Capricorn, like mm-hmm. Capricorn everywhere. I'm like, Oh, mine is just, you know, here and there. You have a lot of Taurus. Oh yeah. You are perfect. Just the way you and your chart are. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. We have to go into not so rapid fire, but it should probably be a little more rapid because boy, oh boy, we really like to talk. (laughs) Just keep going and going and going. (laughs) Okay. Do you consider yourself to be more of an introvert or an extrovert? Ooh, I think I would say extrovert, but I do ride the line. I said a few episodes ago that I was going to add ambivert in here and I haven't. So, or an ambivert. So is that the, yeah, the in-between? Yeah, because I took the, whatever, the Myers-Briggs, and, like, half the time I'm an ENFP, and the other half the time I'm an INFP. What is your superpower? Ooh, I would say maybe, like, intuitiveness, or, like, I feel like I'm empathic. At least my therapist said I'm empathic. She was like, you need to decide whether those are your feelings or their feelings. Like, I think you get confused. And I'm like, I think you're right. So I'd say that's my superpower, but sometimes I don't love it. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like I can feel what people are feeling and it can get muddled for me, but yeah. I know we kind of transitioned away from your Saturn in Pisces, but Saturn is boundaries. Pisces is no boundaries. (laughs) It's like the ethereal (laughs) mist. So Saturn isn't always happy there, but I would say that gives you kind of a leg up in terms of being able to set those boundaries in the energetic space, because as much as Saturn isn't happy being in Pisces all the time, being there is really helpful for you to be like, okay, my boundary planet is in the land of fairies and butterflies and empathy. So I'm going to leverage that to figure out how to like whether it's your pink bubble or a crystal or whatever that is supporting you in terms of that energy. So that's good. 
Well, that's really good. That's funny that all of those things are like tools that I can reply to. Imagine yourself like <laughs> your protective bubble and like all that. And I have. I to, think like, all of the empaths have the same like, toolkit. Yeah. <laughs> what is your dream travel destination? Oh, I I really want to go to Croatia. I just have always like seen it and look so blue and beautiful. And so I've always wanted to go. And that's just what's been yeah, top of mind to explore because I really haven't traveled that much. And so it's something that I definitely now that the world is open again, like really want to do. It just seems so beautiful. Mm-hmm. This will be interesting. How do you bring ritual into your daily life? Mm, I would say... Lately, I've been making a lot of matcha, and that's been becoming a ritual because it just has to, like, the process of making it, and that's been really calming for me because it, like, takes a little bit and, like, to creatively do it, so I always will take really deep breaths through it or, like, do some type of meditation breath. Or we'll try to, I think I said this on here, like, how do I want to feel today and think different things to myself or even just repeating mantras to myself while I'm making it like, you are safe, you're okay when I'm feeling a little bit anxious in the morning. And that's been like a really nice morning ritual to have that helps me center myself a little bit. And what a beautiful way to connect to your heritage. Yes, I know. I got some good matcha that was like, oh, from Japan and like how they did it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's just so cool. Yeah, not from like Trader Joe's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And last but not least, it's actually my favorite. Where do you shine brightest in your life? Oh, I I would have to say at least lately life coaching. Like I feels so buzzy afterwards it just it just makes me so happy I can't really describe I just it just makes me so happy I love it I just feel like it's so nice to be able to hear people's stories and like be in the space with them like that it just I could go on it just makes me incredibly excited about the future I'm excited for the future too just hearing you talk about it What a gift for you to have found something that makes you feel that way while you're still so young. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> it's been a journey trying it to always figure is. It out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelly, where can people find you? And I know as you're starting on this new life coaching journey, how can they work with you? Yes. So I am on Instagram in multiple ways. So there's my main account, which I kind of referenced was like the birth of this all, mostly like life updates, some habit things, some podcast things, but it's at one bad habit at a time, a lowercase. And then I have my own podcast called one bad habit podcast. That's on all the popular platforms. And there is an Instagram for that as well, which will have mostly podcast updates, some habit quotes, and that is at one bad habit podcast. So this will, our interview will be on season two. I'm really excited because there's a really great lineup so far. And then I also have a website. It's just www.onebadhabitatatime.com. <laughs> and I also have TikTok, which is at one bad habit. I'm really figuring out maybe how I can narrow down my social media, but I'm right now 
lot of places. And then for working with me, I will have three to six month coaching plans to further explore how to help you feel empowered by your daily actions, no matter how mundane. And so you can take a line action for whoever you're wanting to be or just step into who you already are. I love daily actions. You didn't say habits once during that whole thing, but like, gosh, the words that we use are so important. And daily actions is, I'm like, oh, I I have daily actions. I can do daily actions. (laughs) I think it's like, yeah, just looking at all the little things and being like, hmm, does that make me like my most authentic me? Or like, how can I tweak that to have it be a little bit more sexy? You know? I love that. Well, Thank you so much for sharing and opening up and being so vulnerable. And I can't, I'm, I guess we have to do this again because we just kept talking and talking and talking. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm down. We, <laughs> we <got to. laughs> All right, well have a great rest of your day and we will talk soon. Awesome, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I just loved this conversation with Kelly and am filled with so much gratitude for her vulnerability. One of her gifts is clearly working with her Chiron to transmute the challenges in her life to lessons that help others with such optimism and kindness and joy. And I just absolutely love her spirit. And to think her gift for all of us started with just a few almonds. (laughs) The biggest aha moment for me in this conversation was really just the mindset shift around the word habits to daily actions. Words are spells. Why do you think we call it spelling? And being intentional about the words that we choose can totally shift our energy. For me, the word habits definitely carries that should energy to it. It's either something I should change or something I should not do and maybe something I should get better at. (laughs) And that's just so much pressure and really isn't very encouraging to myself. So changing the word from habits to daily actions just reminds me about the intentionality and choice that I have to become the healthiest, happiest version of myself with each of my actions. So yay, definitely give Kelly a follow on Instagram at one bad habit at a time and check out her podcast, One Bad Habit. Her content is so encouraging and helpful to remind us that even the small actions add up in the long run. If you're learning astrology or maybe have Chiron and Virgo like Kelly does, you can check out her chart linked in the show notes. And I will be working on my daily actions. One of those every Sunday is to send you my newsletter, The Constellation. If you're not signed up already, it's just a mix of astrological tips and information. Sometimes I pull cards so you can see what your energy for the week ahead is or roundups of my favorite things straight to your inbox. Each week, I also share some of the key planetary energies for the week ahead. You can sign up for that at cosmicmoves.com constellation. Thank you so much for inviting me to your inbox, hopefully. And thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm so grateful to you. I'm sending you a big cosmic hug. Wherever you are, here's wishing you a stellar day and see you next time.